You're listening to an Eon podcast. You're listening to episode nine of the Seven Steps to Freedom from Anxiety, Depression, and ADHD podcast series. Throughout this series recording, we speak to Jodie Gozard, formerly Jodie Chapman, a respected Australian naturopath, speaker, author, and mentor. Jodie shares her theories on and experience with finding freedom from anxiety, depression, and ADHD. This recording is a continuation of the conversation we started with Jodie's patient, Mitch, in episodes seven and eight. We've already heard about some of what Mitch went through. We've talked about some of his contributing factors in his treatment. In this, the final time we sit down with Mitch for the series, we talk about where he is now, the lifestyle factors that can keep you balanced, and the toolbox of strategies he's gathering to help keep himself on track. Jody, tell us what you found. You, you mentioned you were not leaving any stone unturned, so I think I am certainly, and so are the rest of the listeners, I imagine, eager to know what was under those stones and what the next process was for you to help Mitch get back to where he wanted to be. Yeah, the beauty of having a look at all of the biochemistry means that you can see almost like a bird's eye view of where did this start? Oh my goodness, that's where that happened and that affected that and that event caused that and you can pinpoint exactly where things started and where everything started to go wrong. So In terms of Mitch's plan from there on, we needed to address his diet. He wasn't sure about how to eat for him, being, you know, in the fitness industry, needing to train, having a lot of muscle weight, meaning he needed to replace that protein more rapidly than someone who's half his size, making sure that he was providing enough nutrients for all of his brain neurotransmitters, making sure he wasn't eating any foods that he was intolerant to, making sure that he wasn't feeding bacteria. So that was where the diet needed to be addressed. The second part we needed to address was his deficiencies caused by his genes and then what had then come about by malnutrition caused by having a gut infection, not absorbing his nutrients and being so stressed for such a long time. The memory issue often comes about because of malnutrition too. Your brain needs certain vitamins to be able to produce new memory and he was clearly not making those memories so he was clearly needing nutritional support from that. The third thing that we needed to do was get rid of that massive bacterial infection in his gut and ensure that all of his good bacteria were properly colonised so that he could make all of his brain chemicals and all of his hormones again. We needed to make sure he was constantly detoxifying the oestrogen and the high copper out of his system and we needed to make sure that his lifestyle was well balanced enough to be able to maintain his stress levels to not trigger the events from happening again. You know, in terms of diet, we did his food allergy tests and we found that there was quite a long list of foods that he was intolerant to. As you mentioned, some of them were in the vegan products that you were buying. So in terms of adrenals being quite sluggish, it can be very hard to digest when you've been through so much and your body is so weak. And especially because you'd lost your appetite, you know, tell us about What happened after we changed your diet in the coming months and your energy levels declined due to different factors still not having been found yet? What happened with your diet? 
So I want to I want to touch on the diet part real quick because um, I think it's important that people realize how unique everyone's body is and how different every single person is going to be. So I think we live in a day and age where we like see something on the internet or Instagram or a diet like that and, oh, that person looks really good. I'm going to use that for me. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily work like that. And doing this work with you has really shown me how unique everyone can be and you think you can be doing everything right when really you're missing all these things like like for example me turning going vegan for a little bit thinking I was doing the right thing when it was probably the worst thing I could have done at the time mm. um, so I think that's really important for people to start understanding how unique their their individual body is uh, so there's not going to be a quick fix or a a, a one-stop shop type thing um for everyone and just because it might have helped a friend of yours what worked for them might not necessarily work for you but after we changed my diet there was an initial increase in energy and I did feel a bit better and I think every every time we've done something I definitely did notice a change afterwards but then it would be followed up by a, another massive decline um, mm. straight afterwards so I was still still going through the brain fog quite a lot and that was one of the scariest symptoms for me was not being able to remember what I had for breakfast or where I have to go today or anything like that was still noticing I was getting weaker and weaker, um, particularly in the gym. I, like, I really noticed that I could barely do anything anymore. Um, and even holding my own body up was starting to get hard. Um, so that was some of the main things I was starting to notice uh, as far as that goes. And yeah, we kind of started supplementing from there and things like that, didn't we? Yeah, and there was a time that you weren't eating anything at all. It was protein shakes. Yeah, I was, there was, yeah, there was that point. I was, and I had to force that down. So I was having that, that one smoothie a day and I didn't even feel like that. And that was basically, I was living off that. Mm. At which point we decided to have a look at your allergy test result and make food for you that combined everything that you could eat, that had protein at every meal, that had vegetable sources at every meal and provided you with something that was really quick and easy to be able to make without taking all of your energy and that you could just consume despite having no appetite so that you could at least keep your nutrition up in a way that wasn't reactive to you. And we needed to take into consideration that you did have this bacterial infection that fed on carbs, so we needed to keep your carbs on the low side. So, you know, depending on what your gut's doing, what your allergens are and what your lifestyle factors are and what you need in terms of your body type and your exercise regime, it really is quite unique as to what each person should be eating. And I just want to rattle off, uh, I've got the test here in front of me, some of the things that I was intolerant to, just to show you like how common some of these things are that you would be eating that you think are actually all right for you. Um, so things like that I was severely intolerant to, oranges, um, veal, zucchini, avocado, celery, iceberg lettuce, raspberries. I was eating some of this stuff every day. Uh, soybean was a big one. So all of those vegan products have soy in them. A lot of the protein powders that I was using had a lot of soy in them as well. Wheat, another big one that I know a lot of people um, eat. In the mild intolerance, there's quite a bit of fruit in there as well. And fruit was a major part of my diet. So it's not necessarily unhealthy foods that you're eating. It could be the things that you think are healthy that could be causing the issue. Mm. And the thing is that even if it's a mild intolerance, it still has an impact on your body fluid and you'll, you'll retain fluid like a bee sting, you swell locally. If you eat a food you're intolerant to, no matter how mild it is, you, you have a slight swelling effect where your fluid leaks out into your or is drawn out into your lymphatic space and decreases 
fluid availability or hydration to your muscles. Mm. So you straight away feel weak. You straight away can't function as well as you can, could and you straight away um, lose oxygen to your brain because your blood, um, blood pressure to your brain drops. Mm-hmm. So, so important to be, for someone who was so weak and for so, so unable to absorb things, if he were eating anything that was draining his energy any further, would have further compromised how he felt. So we needed to be really clean in everything that we did. So we tailored his diet to suit him. We then started working very hard on this gut bacteria. Now, as I said, it was the highest infection that I'd seen in years. And we really needed months and months and months of work on killing off that infection. Medical antibiotics and herbals is what we used. And thank goodness we have a wonderful GP working with us in that area who's been able to, who has done a lot of similar work to what I have done in terms of these types of bacteria and who's been able to support Mitch. And gradually over time, this is where I've seen Mitch go from, you know, a moderate state of depression initially when I first met him and over three months go into such a severe and serious type of depression and watch him then come out the other side while he's not quite yet 100% and will always fluctuate a little bit, seeing that massive change from when you first started treating the bacteria to now is phenomenal. And that's something that, you know, being in it yourself is very hard to be able to measure. But watching you from the outside and being able to have a conversation with you and hearing the way that you speak now, as opposed to those days when we've spoken and you could barely string words together. Yeah, I think um, it's a big thing to mention as well. Me being the type of person that I was, that type A personality, kind of very driven, you want results straight away. And this definitely wasn't a quick fix and it was very gradual and very up and down um, as well. So it's been on about a year, a year now we've been yeah, seeing each other. around about that. So to go from literally not having any good days at all and barely being able to move and barely being able to get out of bed to there are still some days where I really do struggle to get out of bed, but I'll, I'll experience two or three really good days now and then I might have two or three that aren't so great, but I can still function and then maybe one where I really struggle. Mm. Whereas before it was every day that I would really struggle and there was no good days and it's, it's kind of like a roller coaster at the moment. So like I said, every day when I wake up, I never know what to expect. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit on the last episode. It's almost when these things that you're talking about drop in my body, I can actually feel it. I'll be really good for a bit. And this actually happened recently. I was driving my car. I was really happy and really positive and feeling really good. And it was like a, a switch flicked in my brain and I just got so depressed all of a sudden it felt like my brain shut down and I almost crashed. Like I was, I was driving at the time and I almost crashed the car because I just lost all function in my body and I had to pull over. And it's, it's literally like a switch. There was no trigger, nothing that happened. There's mm-hmm. one second I'm good and the next second you just crash. Mm-hmm. And that's how important these levels of things in our bodies are. If they drop all of a sudden, how much it can actually affect you. Yeah. We talked about that the other day. And on those particular days taking really therapeutic doses of certain nutrients that pick up your dopamine and pick up your adrenaline to give you that energy back so that you can then keep going with your normal routine, get back into the gym, do all the things that you'd normally do. The thing with those as well is, once again, I wanted a quick fix. It wasn't ever the day that I took it that would fix it. It's the next day. So on the day that I felt really bad, I'd take all these supplements. The rest of that day is a write-off. I still feel horrible for the rest of that day. But the following day... 
I would be able to function again. Yeah, yeah, it is just one of those things that once you get to know your biochemistry very well, if you can go through the process of doing your testing, understand your gut, understand your food, understand your hormones, understand your methylation, your gene cycle, how does it impact you, understand what nutrients you might be low in and the ones that you need to balance. So this is where, you know, we get his diet right based on his unique needs. We get his gut bacteria right by spending time killing off those really seriously dangerous bacteria and colonizing all of the good positive bacteria that help him make more of his hormones and brain chemicals, which are all made in the gut. So, you know, those two steps are absolutely crucial. Then making sure that he's got available to him any nutrients that he needs for therapeutic dosing on those days that he wakes up feeling really low because something might have happened in his biochemistry, his stress levels, his viral, you know, exposures to people around you all the time is 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 happening to everybody. And for someone who's so sensitive and still in this sensitive state, I have absolutely no doubt that a few years from now, Mitch is going to be as strong as he ever was and as in tune with his body as anyone could be, understanding the slightest little flinch in his mood and he'll know exactly what to do, exactly what he might have eaten, exactly what he might have been exposed to, exactly what nutrient he might need to take to overcome that. But he's currently in that process of learning all of it. Well, I'm glad you said that because it's like I feel like I've developed like a toolbox of things and you develop this awareness of your body and I think athletes naturally have quite a good awareness of their physical body and muscles and things like that. But emotionally, I definitely didn't. Whereas now, like you said, I, I can definitely feel when something's changed. And I, all right, I know that I need to take these three supplements when I feel like this or uh, my energy's really low today. This is what I need to take or the different lifestyle factors and things that I've added in as well. I kind of know where to go now, but it's, it's because I'm so aware of what's going on in my body. And without that awareness, I think it's very easy to just feel like this is just how you are now. And I want people to understand that you don't have to accept it that it isn't going to be a quick journey, but you're not meant to feel this fatigued and this low all the time, I Mm, think. Absolutely. And I I think one of the things that both you and I learned in the last few days also in terms of your supplementation and the things that you had available to you, there was one particular day that you'd woken up pretty bad and you and I were speaking and the only things that you had available to you at the time were quite weak in supplementation. So you had to take a whole lot of it for it to do the job. Yep. Still did the job, but pretty much used up one container. Well, I think, and that's another thing that makes me kind of upset is the stuff I had was from the chemist. And we think you don't really, people don't know enough about supplements and uh, vitamins and minerals and things like that to know what their body needs, how their body absorbs it. So I was just getting your basic stuff um from the chemist. And after talking with Jody, she explained to me how little actual nutrients are in this, how much more I would need to take. So I thought I was do, um, being effective money-wise by buying these big containers of um, pills and realized, and I think with the vitamin C tablets, I ended up having to take 20 the other day just wow. to get the dosage that I would need from one teaspoon of the, the stuff that we get from the, the clinic. And that's what's being sold to the public. And that's what's available to the public, which is sad. Yeah, and and I think that, you know, after talking to you, I was thinking that that maybe you being on the lower dose supplements like that might have been the reason why your recent dip had come on again, was just not having enough nutrients at the level that your body requires, A, because you're so active, because you, you have a lot of muscle mass 
You need more than other people do and because you've got the gene mutations. So, you know, you don't absorb things as well as you should and you need to be taking things that bypass your genes and are easily absorbable by your body. And any time that you go into that state where you're not getting enough, you're very likely going to have this little dip and it's going to cause these fluctuations until you get that right nutrition, until your body's strong enough and you're over all of this and it's not happening anymore. And I think everyone always looks for something external in their environment to be, oh, this is why I feel like this today, when really nine times out of 10, it's what's inside that's going on that's creating that. So, you know, in terms of the things that we did and still do, we look at your diet, we're making sure that you're optimally providing nutrition to your body in terms of the supplements that you need. And people don't need to be on supplements forever, but you do need to be considerate of what you need on days when you're really depleted. We've been working on your gut and we're getting to the tail end of that. I think you started in about March looking at your balancing the gut flora properly, you know, in a much more serious way. And now we've done our retest and we're seeing that that really serious bacteria is now much lower. So you started at 1.5 billion and you ended up down at 10 million at the moment. Now, remember, some people experience depression from 1 million, but some people don't experience depression until about 20 million. So you're in that lower range now, which means it's not very much more time before that's completely eradicated. Another thing that I found really interesting that you told me back then as well is, is this right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it doubles every day. It can, yeah. So Bacteria breeds. Yeah, so it breeds quite quickly. So yes, I got it down to that 10 million, but if I stop there, which I did, it's growing back. That's right. Rapidly every day. Yeah, they're breeding. So if you stop your treatment too early, you will end up in a situation where you're back to exactly where you started. So the most important thing you can do with gut correction is to completely eradicate it, get it to zero. And the only way that it can start again is if you re-expose yourself. And most of the time it takes something like a trip overseas or, you know, some sort of experience that you feel with diarrhea or vomiting or cough, cold, these types of things. And you know, you've contracted it again, then you can work on it for a few days or, or a few weeks or a month to get it under control rather than six months or 12 months or 18 months like some people have had to experience. So yeah, really important to keep that up. And the last thing of course is lifestyle. And in in your case, you've done so much towards lifestyle and fitness and training and coaching and the things that you now do to keep your sanity on a daily basis. This is outside of the realm of the things that I do with you. It's been absolutely fantastic to be able to share these things that you're doing with some of my other patients as well. So tell everybody about all of the things that you've been, you know, keeping working in your life. Well, like I said, I wanted to develop like kind of a a toolbox of things that I had to go to whenever I felt certain ways that I could go to and use. And the big one for me was starting to actually listen to my body and being brought up around that kind of sports background, you constantly have to push, push, push. And I think a lot of us these days fall into that. We always have to be pushing ourselves. We can't be resting. We can't be doing any of that. And everyone falls into that trap when sometimes it's exactly what our body needs. And we start going without sleep and without proper food or without uh, relaxation. And we almost feel guilty for slowing down and taking that break for ourselves. When realistically, if you don't listen to your body, you're going to end up 10 times worse anyway. So that's been been a big piece for me is actually changing my belief system around work. And if I do have a day where I feel like I need to sleep more or I can't get out of bed or I'm feeling a bit weak, 
okay, this is it today. Like not feeling guilty for staying in bed or, you know, cancelling plans with friends or taking a day off work or something like that and not allowing myself to get depressed about that and feeling like I'm useless. That was a big part for me. Um, other parts were the physical side of it. So exercise is definitely a big piece of the puzzle, but me being the type of person I was, it was exercise to the extreme. And so I was putting my body under way too much physical stress all the time. So I had to back that style of exercise off. I still exercise every day, but now it's a lot more stretching, a lot more body weight stuff, a lot more corrective things in my body, like making my body feel good as opposed to just having to look good all the time and changing the belief system around that as well as it it doesn't really matter what your body looks like if it doesn't function at all. So I, I put all my focus into getting the function as good as possible. So I still train every day, but it's not this high intensity, crazy cardio workouts where I'm pushing my body to its absolute limit. It's actually making me feel better in the long term. So I kind of go through a process where I, I kind of check in with my body or what do I need today? What feels stiff? What needs to be moved a little bit? What needs stretching? What muscles do I need to wake up? What's feeling weak? And then that's how I kind of tailor my programs around. The other bit that I use quite a lot as well is recovery. So as an athlete, we're always kind of told about recovery, but I know, I did, none of us did it properly. Like you do your quick little stretch at the end and that's about it. And so I started really investigating that and it was crazy to me how physical what I was going through was. Like there was days I would talk to you, Jody, and every muscle in my body would be aching and I hadn't done anything. Like my muscles would shake. Uh, I couldn't even squat down because they were so weak. And at, at points it felt like there was like poison oozing out of my muscles. It was that painful. And so I got into a place um, called the recovery room, which is um, near the gym that I go to. And they have a lot of compression therapy and um, trigger point stuff. And the big one that for me that worked quite well was hot and cold therapy. And I'm not equipped enough to be able to explain the science behind it, but I can explain what I felt from the hot and cold. So particularly the cold I found worked quite well for me. So it was like exposing myself to like, let's face it, no one wants to hop in a cold pool. And this is like 13 degrees. I think it's quite, it's freezing. And I never wanted to do it. So I was every day I was having to force myself to do something that I didn't really want to do. And your first reaction when you hop into the cold is your whole body tenses up and you just try to fight it as much as you can and you take that big breath of air and you hold your breath. And I'm like, man, this is exactly what happens when you get anxiety or your muscles tense up. So I was like, okay, is this some, is this a way that I can train my body to react to anxiety? So I'd hop into the cold every day. Every day it sucks. It still does. And I would sit there and my goal was to control my breath as, as much as I could. So to not take that big gasp and instead of tensing my muscles to try and relax them and just sit there completely relaxed in the cold water. And what I noticed the first uh, maybe month I was doing it is I would relax and I would start shaking, but it wasn't shivering from being cold. It was different muscles in my body that would just start trembling. So one day it would be my quads would just be shaking like nuts. And then the next day it would be in my core and my midsection and I couldn't stop that from shaking. And instead of fighting it, I would just let it do its thing and just completely surrender to it. And what I started to realizing, started realizing was that we have so much stress and trauma and things that we store in our actual muscles. And this was its way of energetically getting that out to me. That's what it felt like. And cause I would sit there and I would let it do its thing for as long as it needed to happen. And then it would go and I'd still be in the cold, 
but I wouldn't be shaking. It, like my sh- it wasn't shivering. I'd just stop. And I did that every day. And to the point now I hop in the cold and I feel, I still feel cold, but I don't shake. My body adapts to it really quickly. Um, and I've noticed in situations that I would typically get anxious in, I feel that initial reaction and I'm able to control my breathing, relax my body, surrender to it. And it goes away really quick as opposed to being constantly stuck in it. So that was a big one um, for me as well. Other stuff, it's the real simple things. Like I was getting out outside and making sure I was getting 30 minutes of direct sunlight on my skin. And I know through um, COVID when I was working at home, I wasn't even leaving the house. I wasn't getting any sun. I wasn't getting any fresh air. And I was like, all right, let's go to the beach every day, uh, walk barefoot. So grounding, um, grounding my stuff, uh, my energy and getting that sunlight on my skin. Not too much, like 30 minutes is more than enough. And I started to notice a big effect from that too. So these little things that are free to everyone yeah, and that we overlook because we always want that, ah, I got to go spend thousands of dollars doing this or I want that pill that's going to make me feel better. When getting out in nature, breathing fresh air, drinking clean water. So I also changed um, the water I was drinking from tap water to purified rainwater and noticed a huge difference from that straight away too. And the more you look into it, you realize man, we're surrounded by chemicals and toxins and poisons that we're putting into our body every day. And for some reason, we've just accepted it as normal. And its I don't think it's right. And all these little things that we can do to start to fix that. And the, the psychological side of it, meditation has been one of the biggest things that's helped me. So like I said in that original, the first podcast that we did, how much I hated it at first. And everyone, if you've never done meditation, the first time you do it, you will, I guarantee you'll hate it. But it allows you to actually pay attention to what's going on in your mind. And we don't realize that what is going on in our mind actually affects everything that's going on in our body. So if we've got all these crazy thoughts going on up in there and all these past issues that we keep getting tangled back up in and you know, stupid things like you have a full-blown argument with someone in your head. So it's not even a real argument. You have this whole thing go on in your head. Your body actually releases all the hormones and chemicals as if the argument was real. Yeah. It's like when you wake up from a dream and you had a fight with your husband or yeah. your wife in the new dream and then you're angry at them when you wake yeah. up and it stays there. Exactly. Yeah. And it made me realize like how easy it is to activate your fight or flight response just purely from your thoughts alone. So meditation allowed me to actually be able to watch my thoughts and go, okay, that's not actually true, is it? Be able to just watch them and let it go instead of getting tangled up in it. Mm. And by doing that, I started to notice like I was stuck in fight or flight 24-7. And fight or flight's all well and good when you've got a, a bear to fight or you've got to run away from something. But if you're just going through your normal day and sitting around and you're constantly anxious and your muscles are going, it's, it's going to fatigue you. Like you're going to be wrecked by the end of it. And let alone go through 15, 20, 30 years of that, which some people do, it's going to destroy your nervous system. Yeah. And we're not, we're not built for it. No. It's been such a huge learning experience, everything that we've done together. I have learned so much from you in all of these other aspects. I know you're still trying to convince me to get in that cold water, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's going to take a little bit more convincing. But in terms of all of the things that you've now been implementing in your life, the biochemistry, understanding all of that, knowing all of the parts that are associated and building that into all of your recovery options that you know of and you've been doing for such a long time, what do you want to do? What 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 comes to mind that you want to do now? I haven't put all that together just yet. Um, I'm still putting all my energy and focus onto 
I don't feel like I can help people until I've helped myself. And I think we we get caught up in trying to help everyone around us and trying to fill everyone else's cup when ours is empty. And mine's been empty for so long now. So um, I feel like I'm just in this gathering stage of putting all these things together to find out what works because I realized going down your typical medical route didn't work for me. I was like, okay, what does? So I've just been putting all these things together. And ideally, like one day, wouldn't it be great if there was a one-stop shop where you could go and you could go and get your all the recovery stuff. You could do the hot and cold therapy and that became a, a normal thing for people to do. There was a psychologist there. There was a naturopath there. There was all these different health professionals all under this one roof that you could go and get all these things looked at because it's never just the one issue that you're dealing with. It's all of them. And we get caught up in just trying to fix one and neglect the other 10. We're just going to go around in circles. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for everyone to understand that it's a, it's a lifestyle type thing. So it's not... I'm going to do this for four weeks and then I'll be fixed. If you stop after that, you're just going to go straight back to where you were. It's, all right, I've got to make these lifestyle changes and uh, change my habits. And that's what's actually going to get me to where I want to be. And it's something I'm going to continue for the rest of my life, not just three or four weeks. Mm. Yeah, it's a huge journey. But it's just something that we have to look after for ourselves and be curious and do our tests and find out what's happening and see what we need as an individual, see how our bodies work as an individual. One of the things that I find quite curious is that when we go to school, we learn all about, you know, how to do mathematics and all about nature and science and all about all of these other things. But, you know, managing money is always missing from the school curriculum and managing your health. And I think if those two things were well-known things and we knew a little bit more about how these things commonly, we would have much less of these problems. Oh, 100%. Um, and I think the thing I've taken away from listening to the two of you and, and understanding or getting an idea of what Mitch has been through is that it's a multifaceted thing too and that, you know, everything that you've been through, there's no one cause and it's long-term and I hope listeners have picked that up too. Just finding a magic pill to fix everything isn't really an option. I think as well uh, people trust in their intuition when they feel like there's something wrong with it, the amount of times I went to see different health professionals and was told, you're fine, you're fit and healthy. I knew deep down something wasn't right inside me. And I think there's a lot of people out there that feel the same, but they keep getting told that they're, they're good. Mm-hmm. Trust that instinct and keep looking for answers, whether it's you have to research it yourself or you don't stop until you find the right person um, to keep following that. Re-educating and knowing that the Jodies of the world that have that knowledge are out there, it's pretty amazing once we start to understand it. I can't even imagine how many people go through life being allergic to something. We were having this conversation off mic about how many people go through life saying, I think I'm allergic to this, but not actually finding out. And the stones that can be unturned as a result of just that one thing and the chain reaction, it's been fascinating. Jodie, thank you. Mitch, thank you for sharing your story. I feel very lucky to have heard it and I applaud you for your honesty and bravery coming it's my pleasure. to chat to us. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. If you're enjoying this series, please support us by subscribing to all episodes. If while listening you've had something of a light bulb moment and have the urge to reach out to Jodie, you can contact her via her website, advancedwellness.com.au. And finally, if you're experiencing a personal crisis or are having dark thoughts, please reach out to one of the many services available such as Lifeline. Lifeline's phone number is 131114.